0: Welcome to Biblical Truth Made Simple. I know we've taken some time off, and I'm just feeling very refreshed and ready to go. So let's continue our trip down the road to the cross, and we're going to look at fear and anxiety. Every day, life is filled with fear and anxiety, and how we handle that can affect how we live the rest of our lives. Let's see what our Savior has to say about fear and anxiety. I remember when I first learned to drive. I felt pretty safe on the surface streets, but driving on the freeway terrified me. It wasn't the fact that you're going faster or that I might lose control over the car that I was driving. What I was fearful of was the others on the road. I knew my skill level, but I was supposed to trust in the fact that all the others going down this same freeway at 70 miles an hour knew what they were doing. Life is like that in general. We never know who or what might be capable of hurting us or causing irreparable, physical, or emotional harm. Fear can also be caused when we know that our actions will on some way and some level lead to others attacking us. This is a more real truth in today's world full of wokeness and political correctness. Speak the truth and you are instantly an enemy of the state. Fear is a state of mind that can cause emotional, physical, and mental paralysis. We fear people and culture because that is where we live, and we want to live in peace. Reality is that if you live for Christ, you will have no peace. That is, you'll have no peace in this world. But you will have peace, but it's not the peace that you're thinking of. Because people will hate you, they will revile you because you are his and you speak in truth. It is not the government or the culture we should fear though. That is in every way an unhealthy and unproductive fear. There is a fear that leads to peace, a fear that leads to boldness, and a fear that is productive. Luke chapter 12 verses 4 through 5. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body after that, have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. In the series, Band of Brothers, they are pinned down in the Ardan Forest during the Battle of the Bulge, and things are looking pretty hopeless. One soldier, hiding in a foxhole, spoke of his fear. Ronald Spear, as a lieutenant in the group, seen as fearless in the face of death, gave him some advice. He said the only hope you have is to accept the fact that you're already dead. The sooner you accept that, the sooner you'll be able to function as a soldier is supposed to function. Death is a reality. Being born will cause death. That is an unavoidable biological and medical fact. For every human being on this planet, death is a reality. We fear men because we fear death. For the Christian, there is no fear of death. Or should I say, there should be no fear of death, because we have already died. That is, we have died to sin. For those that have not come to this truth, that they are sinners, the only path for them is death. It is written clearly and plainly that the wages of sin is death. And for the unrepentant and unregenerated heart, there is no hope. There is only fear. This fear comes from the inner reality that they are doomed. There is nothing after this life. When they die, as one atheist friend of mine put it, we just turn to worm food. Where is their purpose and where is their hope in that? There is none. But for the Christian who have come to the cross, With a repentant and humble heart, they have put to death the sin that dwells within their heart. And the end result of this is eternal life through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 6, verses 7 through 11 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. When you die to self, when you die for Christ, your sin is gone. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Having died to sin, been given the gift of eternal life, what can man do to us that we must fear him? What can man do to us that we must fear him? Let us take the example from Paul. Paul writes a letter to the church of Philippi, and in this letter he writes from prison in Rome. Paul is in chains, facing the threat of execution. And if we understand history correctly, we know that Paul was executed not long after writing this letter. Being in prison, facing dire circumstances, Paul had every right to be afraid. Yet we see in this letter, not fear, not trembling, but hope and joy. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me was really served to advance the gospel. Notice that Paul isn't sowing any fear here. He's showing that this was given for a purpose and the purpose was to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard that all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ and most of the brothers having been confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul became a living example what it means not to fear man but to actually fear God and in fearing God. It created a boldness in his life which affected others creating boldness in their lives. Paul, not one to fear man, used his circumstances not to hide, not to cower, but to proclaim the truth to anyone who came within hearshot. He was to be executed for speaking truth and had not fear of what any man could do to him. We are to speak the truth. We are the heralds of the king. We are the ones to present the truth to the world, not out of fear, but with courage and confidence that Christ gives us. Paul continues later in the chapter, yes, I will rejoice. Here's a man facing execution. He doesn't say, I'm afraid. He doesn't say, I'm fearful for my life. He doesn't have sorrow. He is rejoicing. Yes, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, and it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul is in the foxholes. He is in the midst of the battle, but he recognized he is already dead. He is dead to his sin, but he is alive in Christ. To live would mean he'd still get to spread the gospel. He would still spread the truth. To die, he would be with his Savior. It's a win-win situation. And that's the situation that every Christian who has put his faith in Christ is in. Paul lived and knew the truth that Christ preached men were capable of killing his physical body. They could torture him and execute him, but they could not condemn him. He belonged to Christ in life and in death. Yet to die meant to live, to live in Christ for all eternity. This confidence that Paul showed had a positive effect on the fellow believers around him. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. How much more confident should we have knowing far more than those that believed at the time of Paul? We have the whole book. We have the whole story. How much more confident are we to be than the followers of Paul or to even be Paul himself? Repeatedly, the church and Christians around the world have crawled into their foxholes, afraid to confront the evils of the world that we live in. They are afraid to speak the truth into a world full of sin. Their fear of men, men who have the ability to call us names, insult our character, perhaps even use their wokeness and their political correctness to cause us some type of financial difficulty. And in some cases can cause us to lose our jobs or even be put into jail. These same men will die someday apart from God and face judgment from God. Their proud hearts believe they have nothing to fear of God. The truth is they have everything to fear because they are dead in their trespasses. The church is alive in Christ and yet cowers and bows down to these men and accepts that which God has called sin as good. And there will come a day when all will stand before God. After this I looked out, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They will all stand before the King, the true King, and it will not be men that judge them, but the King. There will some that will regret that day, and on that day many will be said, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. For those that have turned to man, to pleasing man, there, there is no hope. The hope is only found in Jesus Christ. The hope is only found in standing firm in the truth of God's word. The hope is only found in fearing God More than you fear men. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, for you are of more value than many sparrows. You see, we serve a God who is sovereign and who is faithful to all he has called to his kingdom. And we must have the confidence of Paul and live out our lives in truth. Fearing not man, who can do nothing but kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the soul. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your lives, what you will eat, nor about your body, what will you put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, yet they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? Anxiety is just another form of fear. We can be anxious about many things, from money worries to medical worries. And there are times when anxiety can paralyze us and keep us from moving forward. The disciples were anxious because they had left everything to follow Jesus. Now they were totally dependent upon the goodness of God for the things that they needed. What many of us fail to recognize is that what we are dependent upon God for everything we need. Everything you have is because of God. God is sovereign in total control of everything down to the tiniest molecule. So your job, your bank account, your house, and the groceries you bring home every week to your family to eat are provided to you by God because he is faithful faithful and full of grace, and full of mercy. It's a common mistake among many Christians to think that God is there to give us what we want, when the reality is he is gracious and faithful to give us everything that we need. What we need, in the end, is God. For without him, we have nothing. And when we focus upon him and him alone, putting aside our earthly and fleshy desires, you have nothing to be anxious about. Because he is sovereign, he is in control, and he gives you everything that you need. He has already given us the greatest gift of all, and that is the gift of eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. For all who have put his faith in him, there is eternal life. There is eternal peace and eternal joy. And one of the keys to being fruitful, joyful, and peaceful in life is to be content with what God gives. Let's return to Paul in prison. Philippians chapter 4. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content with circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Paul knows the secret. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And what is this secret? The secret is being in Christ. One of Paul's greatest strengths, was to be content with what God provides, even in prison, even under tribulation, even under sorrow, even under hunger. That means whether you have plenty or a little, what should we do? Should we cry? Should we be anxious? No, we should rejoice. This has been difficult in a world that judges us by what we have. Success in the modern world is based on material gain, not spiritual gain. This has become the catalyst for the prosperity gospel to grow, turning God into a genie that will grant you three wishes if you are good enough. Yet all the material things we gain will turn to dust someday, but our spirit and our soul will live on to eternity. There is nothing we can possess on this earth that will gain us access to heaven. It is only through the blood of Christ that we are forgiven and given eternal life. What do you have to be anxious about if God is in control? If you truly trust him, if you truly put your life within his hands, there is nothing to be anxious about. There is nothing to fear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Life is found in Jesus Christ. Faith, confidence are found in a sovereign God. And trust in Him. Father, I pray that we recognize that there is nothing man can do to us. We have nothing to fear from Him if we fear You. For You are God who is grace and mercy, but You are also God who is just and righteous. And You will punish the wicked, but for those that are your children, those that have put their faith in Christ. Father, we praise you for that grace and mercy. We praise you because you will provide all that we need. We need not be fearful of man if we fear you. We need not be anxious, Father, because you are the great provider. It is in your sovereignty that we trust. It is in your Son that we trust for eternal life. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, again, fear and anxiety are just a part of life. And I know that sometimes the fear and anxiety can get out of control. But I'm urging you to trust God. Trust in his sovereignty. If you are outside of his sovereignty, if you're still living dead in sin, dead in your trespasses, I can urge you to come to the cross. Come to the one who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life and died on that cross for your sins. But that same person rose on the third day, defeating the final enemy of death and now sits at the right hand of God, our king, ruling over all nations, even today, for all eternity. You put your faith in him and you look to him and your fear and anxiety will become a thing of the past. It'll become a thing that belongs to God and not to you. Trust in God and trust in his sovereignty can free you from so many things and give you so much joy in this world. Until we meet again, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. The sun shine warmly upon your face and God hold you gently in his hands.